Welcome to Transformed by Grace, an in-depth Bible study of God's Word, presented by the Berean Bible Society. Join us each time on this station as Pastor Kevin brings the transforming message of God's grace revealed through the Holy Scriptures. Years ago, a boy named Jimmy who grew up on an Indiana farm fell into the sordid world of drugs. He moved to Chicago and lived in holes beneath the streets where he feasted on an endless supply of heroin, opium, cocaine, and morphine. His nickname became Jimmy the Rat. One day while lying in a filthy bunk below the level of the street, Jimmy heard someone singing hymns on the street above him. He recalled the songs he'd sung in church as a boy and something stirred in him. Shortly afterward, he staggered into the Pacific Garden Mission, where he heard more singing. Holding up both hands, he called out, I want somebody to pray for me. Mission workers gathered around and earnestly prayed as he trusted Christ as his Savior, and Jimmy's life was changed forever. By God's grace, he was able to overcome his addictions. He returned to Indiana and became a successful farmer with a Christian wife and children. He often shared his testimony of God's saving grace, and as his children would pray during their family prayers, thank God for Pacific Garden Mission, where Daddy learned to know Jesus. Every believer has a unique testimony. Yours may not be as dramatic as Jimmy the Rat's, but it's just as real and just as glorious. Every believer in Christ is exhibit A to the world of the transforming power of the gospel and of the grace of God. As this man experienced the glory of the new birth, in this episode we're going to look at the Holy Spirit's work of regeneration. Titus 3 verse 5 says, Not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to His mercy He saved us, by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. What characterizes mankind in his natural state is death. Speaking of our physical death, Hebrews 9.27 states, It is appointed unto men once to die. All mankind is under the sentence of this death. Then speaking of spiritual death, Ephesians 2.1 and 4.18 tell us that we are dead in trespasses and sins and alienated from the life of God. If nothing is done to change this situation... Mankind is headed for the judgment of the second death of the lake of fire. Revelation twenty fourteen to 15 reads, This is the second death, and whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. All mankind needs spiritual, eternal life. And in John ten ten, Christ said, I am come that they might have life. If man is to have spiritual life, it must be given to him from a source outside of himself. And the work of God in imparting eternal life through belief in the gospel is called regeneration. Regeneration is necessary because of the fallen state of all mankind being dead in their sins. Every person born into the world needs regeneration. Because every person born into the world is born into Adam with its dead, fallen, sin nature. 
But regeneration by the Holy Spirit is God meeting mankind's need for spiritual life and imparting it when one believes the gospel. In our justification, Christ's righteousness is imputed to our account. In regeneration, the Holy Spirit imparts eternal life uh, to those who trust Christ as their Savior. The term regeneration is translated from the Greek word palingenesis, which means new birth, renewal, recreation. It means to be born again and to receive new life. And only God can do that. Regeneration is solely a work of God. In regeneration, the Holy Spirit imparts a new and immortal life in the believer. You can see the word genesis in the Greek word palingenesis. To be born again is to experience a second genesis. It is a new beginning as a result of once being dead in your sins to now having eternal life and being alive in Christ forevermore. In regeneration, that which is dead is made alive. It's like what the father of the prodigal son said when his son returned home, for this my son was dead and is alive again. Regeneration is not a correction or improvement of our mind, will, emotions, or nature. It is a brand new thing, a new beginning. Before Christ, we didn't have eternal life. After trusting Christ, now we do. And we have it forever. Regeneration by the Holy Spirit is a complete change. Changed from being spiritually dead in Adam to now being spiritually alive in Christ. 1 Corinthians 15.22 says, For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. And regeneration takes place as a result of what Titus 3.5 teaches, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to His mercy, He saved us. Self-regeneration is impossible. It's not by works of righteousness that we do, believing that by our good works we will inherit eternal life. No possible human effort can give us eternal life. Being religious doesn't result in your regeneration. No one can be regenerated by doing good works or living a good life. Instead, it's according to God's mercy that we receive the gift of eternal life and experience regeneration. Regeneration gives God all the glory because He does it for us when we believe. To receive regeneration, we need to have the attitude of the publican that the Lord spoke of in Luke 18. And the publican standing afar off would not lift up so much as his eyes unto heaven, but smote his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. We experience God's regeneration by God's mercy. We receive it by faith alone, trusting that Christ paid our sin debt in full and that he died for us and rose again. We cannot earn it by works of righteousness. It is a gift of grace. And regeneration is an instantaneous act. It is not a process. The moment we trust that Christ died for our sins and rose again, at that moment we are regenerated and given new life. Paul referred to it as the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. 
Washing does not refer to water baptism. That is a work of righteousness. And Paul says we are born again, not by works of righteousness, which we have done. It's by God's mercy that he saved us. Washing has to do with something God does for us by his grace at the moment of salvation. It's speaking of a spiritual reality. Washing here means bathed all over. Just like when you take a bath and are bathed all over and you're clean. When a sinner trusts Christ as their Savior, he is cleansed from all his sins. And he is renewed by the Holy Ghost and is a brand new person in Christ. But the new birth or our regeneration comes the washing away of sin. Like 1 Corinthians 6.11 says, But ye are washed, but ye are sanctified, but ye are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. Regeneration brings divine cleansing from sin. Being in our sins, we are dead spiritually. Being washed. The sin that caused our spiritual death and separation from God is washed and removed forever. We are washed and cleansed, and the washing of regeneration gives us this gift of a new spirit-generated, spirit-empowered, and spirit-protected life. A, A spiritual abiding eternal life that can never be taken away from us. This is the new birth. The washing of regeneration reminds me of the old hymn, Are You Washed in the Blood? Have you been to Jesus for the cleansing power? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are you fully trusting in His grace this hour? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are you washed in the blood, in the soul-cleansing blood of the Lamb? Are your garments spotless? Are they white as snow? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? We once were dirty, defiled, and dead in our sins, but by the washing of regeneration, our sins are washed away by the blood of Christ, and we have new life and are born again into the family of God. Paul wrote in Titus 3.5 that we have the new birth and renewing by the Holy Ghost. There are three R's in salvation. There is ruin by sin, redemption by Christ, and regeneration by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the agent of our regeneration and renewing. Regeneration is a specific work and operation of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit brings life to those who believe. The gift of new life is imparted to the soul through the Holy Spirit. And it is a one-time act of the Holy Spirit at the moment of salvation. We can't cleanse ourselves. And we can't give life, spiritual life, to ourselves. The washing of regeneration and renewing is all of the Holy Spirit. And it's by, as Paul talked about, the kindness and love of God here. It, too, is by the kindness and love of the Holy Spirit. Regeneration is also creative in its nature. In regeneration, the Spirit creates the gift of a new nature in each believer. And as a result, we become a new creation in Christ. 
2 Corinthians 5.17 tells us, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature or a new creation. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. The Holy Spirit is to the believer what the Creator is to the creation. Without God the Creator, the world does not come into existence. Without God as the sustainer, it does not continue in its present state. It is God who created it. It is God who sustains it. And so it is with the Holy Spirit in the believer. Without the Holy Spirit, we do not come into existence as a new creation. And we are not sustained in our spiritual life. Without the Holy Spirit... We wouldn't be regenerated or born again. We live in the Spirit. We are being kept by the Spirit, and we are kept by Him for all eternity. We needed the grace of the Father to provide and to give us a Savior, His Son. We needed the love of the Savior to willingly and sacrificially come to this world to save us. And we need the power of the Holy Spirit and His mercy to make us new creations in Christ. Though the work of the Holy Spirit totally differs from the work of the Father and of the Son, it is no less necessary for us. It is as vital as the rest. We need the Spirit's work of regeneration in infusing God's life into our souls. We'll be returning to the program in just a minute. But first, we'd like to take this time to thank you, our partners, for making these programs possible. If you would like to access our library of helpful Bible study tools, go to BereanBibleSociety.org. Discerning the Will of God is a 48-page booklet written by Pastor Ricky Kurth. What sincere believer hasn't sought God's will when facing big decisions, such as whom to marry? We even look to Him in everyday areas of life, such as which car to buy. Then, we also seek to understand God's will when we lose a child or other tragedy strikes. Discerning the will of God provides the believer with comfort in understanding God's will and direction in seeking it. To order your copy, contact the Berean Bible Society for pricing and availability at 262-255-4750 or visit our website at www.bereanbiblesociety.org. To receive our free full-color 32-page monthly magazine, The Berean Searchlight, call 262-255-4750 or subscribe online at www.bereanbiblesociety.org. Thank you again for your generous gifts. And now, back to the teaching with Pastor Kevin. John chapter 3, verses 1 to 8 read, There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus saith unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. 
Marvel not that I said unto thee, Ye must be born again. The wind bloweth where it listeth, and thou hearest the sound thereof, but canst not tell whence it cometh and whither it goeth. So is everyone that is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus was a Pharisee and a ruler of the Jews, or a member of the 70-member Jewish ruling council called the Sanhedrin. So Nicodemus was a man of standing and influence in Israel and the Jews' religion. Nicodemus came to Christ by night. This is likely because he was afraid of the implications and drawing disfavor from his fellow Pharisees for associating and being seen in conversation with Jesus Christ. Nicodemus came to the Lord and addressed him respectfully, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God. The we there is interesting. It implies that there were other religious leaders among the Pharisees and the Sanhedrin who were convinced with Nicodemus that Christ was come from God. The reason Nicodemus believed Christ to be a teacher sent by God was because, as he says, no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. The undeniable miracles that the Lord did meant to Nicodemus that Christ was a teacher of God and that God approved his teaching. As a Pharisee, Nicodemus himself was a teacher in Israel, and he was curious and had questions for this teacher of God. Nicodemus did not recognize the Lord as God manifest in the flesh. He was like so many, even today, who believe that Christ was a great man and a teacher. But Nicodemus, calling him rabbi and a teacher, fell far short of who Christ was and is as God. Knowing this and knowing him and his spiritual need, the Lord shook the foundation of what Nicodemus believed and abruptly told him, Verily, verily, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. That is, Israel's hope of the kingdom of God on the earth. The words, verily, verily, literally mean amen, amen, or truly, truly. In other words, these words are trustworthy. These words are sure. The words born again literally mean born from above. For a person to enter the kingdom of God, Christ told Nicodemus that he must experience a spiritual birth, a rebirth, new life from above. In light of Paul's words of Titus 3.5 of our washing of regeneration or our new birth, we learn that this is a transdispensational principle or as true under grace for the body of Christ as it was here for Israel under the law. We too need to be born again to see the kingdom of God. However, for us in the body, our hope is the heavenly kingdom of God. There are two aspects to the kingdom of God, one earthly, one heavenly. Israel's hope is the earthly kingdom. Ours is the heavenly kingdom. Either way, except the man be born again. He cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus is taken back. He's perplexed, doesn't grasp the spiritual meaning. He questioned the Lord with rhetorical questions, expecting a negative answer, because surely Christ did not mean something as absurd as a second physical birth. He asked, how can a man be born when he's old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? The Lord answered Nicodemus, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he won't enter the kingdom of God. Based on the Lord's further statement in the next verse, I believe being born of water speaks of 
being born of the flesh or physical birth. Answering Nicodemus' protest about being born when you're old or entering the mother's womb a second time, the Lord pointed out to Nicodemus that there are two kinds of birth, of water and of the spirit, or the natural and the spiritual. The breaking of the water in natural birth is what defines the double expression of water and of the spirit. It is a description of birth and rebirth. So the Lord was saying to Nicodemus that except a man be born and born from above, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. In other words, as the Lord said in verse 7, you must be born again. Being born of the Spirit refers to the Holy Spirit's regeneration in the spiritual rebirth. Physical birth involves life, and spiritual birth involves God's life being imparted to believers. Entering God's family only comes through the new birth. One must be born of God in order to become a child of God. And this does not occur by adoption. It is a mistake to say that we are adopted into the family of God. Adoption in Scripture is totally different from how we understand adoption now. In biblical times, adoption had to do with position. Taking one who was already their child and at a time appointed declaring openly before others that this child was now a full-grown son and heir to all that the father had. For believers, adoption has to do with a spiritual blessing of God with placing us as full-grown sons, heirs in Christ the moment that we believe. Just like we are born into our families by physical birth, we are born again into the family of God by the spiritual birth of the Holy Spirit. And birth involves the future. And likewise, spiritual birth gives all the saints of God from all ages a bright future, a glorious hope in Christ for us in the body of Christ in heaven and for those saved under Israel's program on the earth. In verse 6, the Lord contrasted physical and spiritual birth, and He gives an important reason why regeneration is necessary. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. This goes back to the fact that you cannot regenerate yourself. You cannot give spiritual life to yourself. This is a work outside of yourself, a specific work of the Holy Spirit that He gives to those who believe by His mercy and grace. Because it is impossible for the flesh to produce spiritual life. That's what the Lord's saying here. The law of biogenesis states that in the natural world, life can only be produced by living things or beings. In other words, rocks cannot produce animals. And likewise, in the spiritual world, only the Spirit of God can produce a new creation or give eternal life. Only the Spirit can produce and impart spiritual life. This can't be done by the flesh. Flesh produces flesh and physical life. The Spirit produces spiritual and spiritual life. 
And thus has the Lord told Nicodemus, Marvel not that I said unto thee, ye must be born again. We need spiritual life to be saved. We need to be born again, born from above, born of the Holy Spirit. Each person must have two births or two birthdays. The first, our physical birth, and the second, our spiritual birth by the Holy Spirit. Each of us need to be regenerated, born again, given new life, born into the family of God. Just as you have been born physically, you need to be born again spiritually. The old statement is true. Those born once will die twice, and those born twice will die once. We need to be born again so that we do not face the second death of the lake of fire. The Lord then uses the analogy of the wind. The wind bloweth where it listeth, and thou hearest the sound thereof, but canst not tell whence it cometh and whither it goeth. So is everyone that is born of the Spirit. The wind correlates to the Spirit in Scripture. When the Spirit came from heaven on the day of Pentecost, Acts 2.2 says, Suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. Nicodemus had objected to this teaching of being born again because he didn't understand how it could be. The Lord showed him how he, did, how he believed and didn't question other things which are unexplainable and hard to be understood. The wind blows where it wishes. We hear it, but we don't see it. We don't know where it comes from or where it's going. Its origin and its destination are unknown. Even though the wind can't be seen, you can't deny and we don't deny the existence of the wind because we hear it, we feel it, we see its effects. Like the wind, the Spirit of God is invisible and powerful. He is an unseen power. The Spirit's effects are worked in those who are born again and given life from above by Him. Regeneration is an unseen but powerful transaction that takes place in a person's heart. God's work of regeneration cannot be explained by natural laws. And the new life of one born of the Spirit is unexplainable by ordinary reasoning. But the new birth is an undeniable reality. Though not seen, it is as much a reality as the wind. It is a spiritual reality to be fully trusted. And like the wind, as far as natural man's understanding, he doesn't know the origin of this spiritual life. And he doesn't know the final destiny of those born again and where they are going. He doesn't know the origin or where it's going and its destiny. But we, as believers, understand that our spiritual life is from above. We are regenerated by the Holy Spirit, and thus we know where we're going. Have you been born again? We receive the new birth by faith alone, trusting Christ as our substitute, that He took our sins on Himself, died for our sins, and rose again. Trusting that simple gospel message, you have the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost.
Thank you again for tuning in to Transformed by Grace. We appreciate your prayer support and the financial gifts. The purpose and mission of the Berean Bible Society is to help you understand the whole counsel of the Word of God. For more information, visit our website at www.bereanbiblesociety.org or give us a call at 262-255-4750. Or if you prefer, write us at the Berean Bible Society, P.O. Box 756, Germantown, Wisconsin, 53022. Now until next time, may you be transformed by God's grace.